0: Hi, I'm Jeremy Leslie. Welcome to the mag Culture podcast. I'm here at our Clarkmore shop, where I'm joined by guests from the wonderful world of magazines. We'll be hearing from the two principals behind one of my longtime favourite magazines, Buffalo Zine, and also from Louise Long from New Launch Linseed Journal. First, though, some MagCulture news. Thanks everyone who joined us at the shop or on Instagram Live for our recent We Love Music event. It was great bringing the events back to the shop, and we're looking forward to doing more of them in 2023. If you missed that evening, you can watch it on our Vimeo page. Uh, We recorded it from the Instagram Live feed. And I recommend Paul Gorman's book, Totally Wired, telling the story of the rise and fall of the music magazine. In the run-up to Christmas, we'll be raising money again for Shelter from the Storm with our now-traditional Christmas Cracker raffle. Keep an eye on Instagram for news about that, or better still, subscribe to our newsletter via the website. We're also planning our next Flat Plan magazine-making masterclass. This is our intensive online weekend for wannabe publishers. It's a perfect introduction to editing, designing, printing and distributing your magazine, and it's aimed at people who've already decided they have a magazine in them. We've seen a good number of magazines come about from previous flat plans, so expect news very soon on the usual channels, Instagram, the journal, the newsletter. So to our first guest, David Uthquitha is one of the team behind Buffalo Zine, the shape-shifting fashion biannual. He joins me here at the shop. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. It's a pleasure.
0: Now, you've just been um, trawling the, the shelves out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you discovered? What, what have, are you going to share?
1: Yeah, I've picked a few. Um, I have to say I haven't actually read <laughs> these <This is my laughs> sure. magazines. <it> <laughs> but I picked um, The Real Review, issue 12. Uh, always a very pleasing format with thin paper and a square folded in two. I have picked this issue because the, it's about a topic they call absolute proximity. It's about how um, these days, because of technology... Uh, we all feel too close, uh, but without uh, actually any real closeness. We all follow each other people's lives we text, We, we see each, each other's on screen, but there's actually not real interaction. And there's a very interesting idea they throw here when they say, um, ironically, big tech is, spendi- is peddling a nightmare vision of totally commodified internet, the metaverse, at exactly the wrong moment. So I think what they're trying to say is that... Um, uh, I guess some people at Facebook decided that it was the, like the right time to launch Meta after the, the pandemic. But uh, what, they say, what they're actually uh, proposing here is that maybe it was like the worst, the, the worst time because um, more and more users reach peak online ennui. So maybe we actually need to go backwards before we can actually go backwards in
0: this uh, more and more digital world. It's always a fascinating read. It's, lov- it's a lovely magazine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's always well put together, and it's always very thought provoking. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I mean, it, it, that, 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 I mean, they're saying that. That's probably that was being written maybe a couple of months back. But it, literally now, as as we're speaking, Mark Zuckerberg is is about to fire eleven thousand staff and mm-hmm. sort of admit that they have almost overstepped the mark. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, well. It's they tried. Maybe it's not. It's maybe
0: it's too. Uh, too. Are, you, are you interested in the metaverse? No, I'm not at yeah. all. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I'm
1: not at all interested in the idea. That's why I'm interested about the idea of it failing, or mm-hmm. uh, but but only time will will tell. But I think the the topic is a very interesting paradox. How. Uh, all the things we want feel very far away, uh, but everything else just feels too close, and we have this idea of uh, everything's just too close. But actually, want to take more distance, which is why maybe more people are quitting their jobs or moving to other places, or kind of like withdrawing from uh, social life more and more.
0: And buy magazines.
1: And buy magazines. Yeah. <laughs> what else have you got? Yeah. I have uh, a new launch of Epoch. It's uh, a magazine about, uh, as it says here, uh, the now in dialogue with history. So it's around history, but kind of like um, drawing um, threads and um, connections with the present and the future. It's visually really arresting because it's just like a beautiful compilation of imagery portraits still life, uh, landscape, archive, imagery...
0: It's a lovely mix of old and new, which is the
1: key thing, I think. It's sort of timeless. Yes, yes, totally. This issue is... uh I think the topic is uh, rituals, so there is a lot about like uh, everyday rituals, but also like um, important occasions like rites of passage, um, death ceremonies with mind altering substances, and it even comes with this vinyl that is like the thinnest sheet <laughs> of acetate I've ever seen. Can you actually play this on a? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, so,
0: so younger listeners won't know what this, is, but the, but this was quite a, quite a common format. Was this kind of really thin? Vinyl with 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 one uh, with one track on one side that you could listen to, and and you can put it onto a deck and listen to it.
1: Amazing. Who knew? It's not
0: good quality, but it's it works.
1: Okay. Uh, Who knew you could actually fit a record into a magazine or a
0: book? You can. Yeah. Thought provoking. Uh, I should just add that if if you want to know more about EPOT, you should um, listen to our previous episode of the podcast where where we met the editor, Francesca Gavin. But anyway, onto 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 the third magazine. That you've Third
1: publication is uh, part of this series published by Baron mm-hmm. or Baroness. I don't even know. I All I know is that Baron used to be a magazine. I don't know if they even are anymore, but they've kind of turned into a publishing house. They uh, It's also a bookstore and um, they kind of publish spin-off titles in different formats and at different times. But I think the editorial team is the same. But anyway, this is a photo book by a photographer I didn't know called Jushi Lee. And it's a series of intimate portraits of male nudes, uh, sometimes... Um in company of the photographer herself, so it's kind of like a very intimate, personal uh, actually there is a section called My Tinder Boy, so I imagine she's drawn uh, her own personal contacts people in her life for this series of portraits but to be honest I just picked it because it has a penis on the cover (laughs) and it's kind of like inside a window that is uh, drilled on the the hard case and uh, I just thought it was a very Mm -hmm. beautiful cover
0: It is, it is and quite a disturbing cover because you, see, you, see, you kind of see it, and the, 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 that window you described is very small, and the image behind it is very small, and it, you don't quite realise what it is until you get up quite close to it. Exactly. Then, well, it's not like a full cock; it's just like yeah, the yeah. tip of Yeah, it's it, just the very, very tip. That's <laughs> exactly. Just, <laughs> but um, yes, you
1: can put dicks on a on a cover.
0: I'm I'm, I'm not certain, but but I think I think the idea is that uh, Baron was exactly. men photographing women, and Baroness is. Women photographing ah, men. That's right. I've, I've sort of taken that for, as assumed without knowing it, but I think that's right. That makes a lot of Which sense. should say, yeah, yeah, yes. But a nice set of magazines. There's, there's a certainly. I mean, there's, there's so much happening. So many new magazines happening. And it's, it's great. But I think there's well, certainly e- Epoch is a brand new one. Uh, the the others have, have, have been around uh, slightly longer. I I wanted to draw attention to a couple of magazines. First of all, another new magazine, another photography magazine, is Safe Light which was our November magazine of the month. And it celebrates, um, it comes from a a photography shop and lab in Berlin where they specialise in analogue photography. Mm -hmm. And I just, I I really warmed to it as a first issue. One, it's a really lovely kind of physical thing. It's well put together. Mm -hmm. You open it and you see contact sheets. So you're immediately realising, okay, this is Mm analogue. The theme is youth. And then there's just, there's 11 artists, 11 series of stories. And I, I, I thought it was a really strong first uh, first issue for collection of, of images, both from the kind of quite colours-ish sort of traditional sort of portraiture of of, of teenagers maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what they're wearing, quite just sort of almost um, police snapshotty. Yeah. But then also, um, well, there's some reportage from Polish summer camps where ki- uh, school kids are learning to be soldiers, mm-hmm. which is kind of disturbing Mm. but more I just really was charmed by this shoot by Clara Borelli of the opposite of youth Uh two older people right living their life living their best life Uh they're a couple and they're on the beach and they're doing what they might have been doing kind of 50 or 60 years ago as as love struck teenagers
1: yes I love that it's not just about young people in in numbers in age in time it's uh, the attitude
0: it's a nice contrast. So, 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 so that was really strong, and it would be wrong of me not to. While well, we're talking about magazines on our shelves, the forty-eighth issue of Elephant has just been published, and this is. Uh, I want to take a moment to note it, the apparent demise of this magazine. The art magazine Elephant is closing. The owners have pulled the plug after after all those issues, and it'll leave it'll just it'll leave a real hole on our shelves for its unique approach to art and its place among the wider creative culture. Um, there's a lot of art magazines, a lot of magazines covering art in various ways, but Elephant always had a, a unique voice. And unless somebody pitches up and buys it soon, it's, it's going to be missing and leaving a hole.
1: Is it the final issue or it's TBC?
0: At the moment, this, well, unless somebody picks it up and puts okay. some money into it, this okay. is the final issue, which mm-hmm. I think is a real shame. Mm. Never like to see a magazine close, But that, well, that one in particular just doesn't deserve um, that, that fate. Yeah. Anyhow, enough for other magazines. We're here to talk about Buffalo Zine.
1: Thank you. I told you I was really shit at talking about other people's work. And I'm <laughs> well, you're you actually
0: very good at talking about other people's work, <laughs> which you. sets That's the bar really high for talking about your own work. But of course, you don't make the magazine alone. You, you have a team of people around you, led by your co-conspirator in the project, um, Adrian Gonzalez-Cohen, who joins us on Zoom from Paris. Uh, Adrian, welcome. Hi, Jeremy and David hey i'm really keen i'm really looking forward to sort of talking about uh, buffalo zine congratulations on the new issue thank you um now i have spent an inordinate amount of my own time in, in, in writing or in talks and stuff referencing buffalo zine so i know what my spiel around the magazine is but i'd love to hear in turn from both of you how you see the magazine how you do how you, how you would describe the magazine to somebody who has never seen it adrian do you want to go first
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I usually explain as like, it's like, we call it a magazine, but it's actually like a publication that we do twice a year. And every time it's like um, a new experiment. Um, It's kind of like a magazine that plays dress up to be like different (laughs) things. It's been like a cookbook uh, or like... um, Travel magazine, uh, an interiors magazine, and then like other, other I, I mean, many other things. So, yeah, I think that's kind of like the explanation that I usually give.
0: Would you, do you add anything, David?
1: Mm, no, just to say, reiterate the same idea that is kind of like a way to reinvent. Um, a way of uh, making a publication every six months. What content are we? What's the what's the theme? What content are we gonna put into it? How is it gonna look like? What format? How is it gonna be printed? What's uh, the paper? What's uh,
0: how we gonna make it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at its heart, there is always the fashion itself.
1: Yeah, like a vehicle, I imagine.
0: Yeah, and um, talk about
1: other things. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: that is not about just fashion.
2: It's kind of cool because fashion is like the only thing that we have to think about. Like every time that there's an issue uh, and we come up with ideas or whatever, it's always like, well, but we have to put the fashion somewhere, you know, (laughs) apart from that, we can really do whatever we want. Uh So I guess that fashion brings us down to earth as, you know, something that in the end, um, it's part of like something bigger and an industry, and you know, if not, we would just be like in the clouds. If it wasn't for the fashion,
0: absolutely. And, I, and I'm interested in the relationship between the, the 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 different formats and the different ideas that you have around the actual publication itself. The relationship between that and the fashion world, because we we here at MagCulture we have a huge shelf full of uh, fashion magazines, and. It always strikes me that although a lot of the content, the fashion and and the photography can be quite um, forward-thinking and quite uh, experimental in in the way that fashion can be, and yet the magazines themselves are all very traditional and conservative in the way they present themselves. They're very... They're all, you know, they're beautifully made and beautifully printed, but they are what they are. They are big picture books full of fashion and advertising, and that's fine. But that kind of the, the, the fashion world is kind of slightly stuck in that generic format. And the, you've managed to tear up that format and do something very different. Was that difficult to achieve? Has that been difficult?
1: Well, it's difficult in the sense that it's, uh, like Adrian said, like an experiment. So every time there's uh, things that go well and things that um, can go not so well. But it just takes uh, extra work mm-hmm. to, to, to put that together we don't have, like, a template or something to go back to that is already there uh, when we start.
2: Also, I think, like, fashion-wise, as you were mentioning, um, I think, like, most of the fashion magazines are, you know, very within that frame of the fashion, and the fashion is, like, trends. So whether it's, like, on fashion at any moment, you know, people, it's going to translate that to the magazines. So I think something that we do is that we use fashion, we use clothes, but we are not in fashion. We are not like kind of pretending to show like the trend of the moment or the look of the moment or anything like this, you know, it's more like we use the the clothes and the product. To tell whatever we want, and obviously doing an issue about the Chelsea Hotel in 2022, it's definitely not in fashion.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. But none, but the, I, I pre, I, you know, I I get that it's not, you know, you, you're not pr- necessarily working through the latest collections and ticking all the boxes that people need. But you are working with the all the, all the people that are doing that. You're working with the photographers and the stylists. The PRs, the fashion agents—you're working with the, that same kind of an ensemble of people, but getting them to do something different.
1: Mm, yeah. Is that hard? Well, no, because people find the opportunity refreshing to mm-hmm. get out of the usual formats and uh, and stories and doing uh, following convention, but. What's hard is like maybe um or it was at the beginning the other part of like putting off uh, making it uh of making the magazine work because a lot of people expect consistency and uh and they want to know what to expect for the next issue, if they want to advertise in it, et cetera, et cetera mm-hmm. so that that was challenging
0: and 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 it really does change every issue i mean the Adrian, you mentioned some of the 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 different formats that you've used, but maybe you could just highlight two or three examples of the extreme because we're not talking about the the same size pages and they just kind of morph slightly into a different theme it's a different whole production it's a it's different size it's hardback it's softback it's a series of booklets it's a newspaper can you give us some of the uh, examples of what maybe some of the more extreme things you've done over the years
1: in terms of format? In
0: terms of the format and, and the nature. I mean, like for instance, one of the first uh, that, that I particularly remember was the Victorian novel, the children's novel, mm. which was hardback with a, with a, with a soft leaf um, mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. And just t- talk us through that project.
1: Um, that was issue three, and it was a. We were not on a on a biannual schedule yet, so it took us uh, a little bit more of time to put it together. But it was a collection of um, content related to childhood and um, secret diaries, and fairy tales, and children's tales, and all that very comforting world of childhood. But then mixed with. Um, with fashion shoots and illustration and interviews and um, all wrapped in this very classic hardcover uh, uh, mm-hmm. book that looked like a like a, if if it if a children's book would be a fashion magazine it would look something like that mm-hmm. I guess
2: something that is very cool about about making Buffalo is um, that usually when you spend like let's say like half a year. Um, you know working in something very specific like even at the beginning when when we did the second issue which was very much about like street culture and properly like this this kind of like zine imagery that obviously we play with in the originally with the name of the of the publication but we really wanted to go to this type of um, like, very, like, street and low fee publications. So it was, like, super cheap printed in, like, the thinnest paper. The, like, the cover was almost as thin as the pages inside. It had, like, a rubber that ended up getting rotten after, like, a couple of years and melting in the pages. Like, it was very, like, really raw, which is what we wanted. And and then when we finish. Uh, we could allow ourselves to the luxury of do exactly the opposite. So that became something very Buffalo, you know, Uh, we kind of like enjoy ourselves into doing something completely different from the last thing that we did, which is very refreshing and helps us with the process. So that was when after that, we did that book that was completely ornamented and maximalist and very expensive to produce. (laughs) Taking in consideration that we only did before that cheap second issue and the first one that was a newspaper, so that one set the tone for I think what we were able to do because we never thought we were gonna do like a book like that. And now, like if you see the last one, it's like an encyclopedia. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So talking about past issues and. Different formats. The issue before this, we uh, was uh, Buffalo Pink, and we did a ridiculous idea, which was to do a limited edition of furry covers covered in uh, in, in pink fo- uh, in pink fur. It was. Um, Started kind of like a silly idea uh, that came up, and we decided it was like perfect for that issue that was all about like girls, uh, things girly and over the top, and then also apart from that, the uh just
0: on that issue. I mean, we 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 do a lot of um, stu- events with students here, mm. and one of the magazines I always show is 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 the the pink furry yeah. edition of the pink. I mean, the pink issue itself appeals to. Twenty-year-olds right now because yeah. it's 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 what they grew up with. Mm. Maybe. Well, they were tiny, but in in this nineties. Uh, or maybe that. because it's new to them. No, no. There's definitely there's a nostalgia. Yeah, there's a nostalgia for, mm. for that period. Um, and Sorry,
1: but I mean nostalgia as for something that you were not there when it was happening. Well, when they were a child, yeah.
0: When they, when they were like this, this type, you know, with, yeah, the, with their yeah, Barbie doll yeah. and but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but it, it definitely did in, in, in a way that other examples might not have. But the, the one that really kind of hits home with them is is, is the pink issue mm. and the amount of magenta in it, and then also that fluffy cover.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it was fun and
1: then the issue number 10 the unfinished issue was also very fun to experiment with it because the the objective was to make it look as if it wasn't properly bound mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. printed even trimmed so it looked like uh, we wanted to make it look like uh, like a dummy that you get sent from the printers when it's kind of like a work in progress so it's not it's kind of like falling apart a little bit and all the pages have different sizes etc.
0: And talking through different formats, I mean, you mentioned this, um, Adrian, that the new one is almost like an encyclopedia. We've got a copy of it here. Uh, the Buffalo Hotel Chelsea. I mean, one of the things that's notable that's um, happening more and more is you, forget, you don't always put the full name on it. becomes Each one has its own title. It becomes, mm-hmm. in this case, Buffalo Hotel Chelsea. Tell us about this. This is, this is a special issue because...
1: Because it's about the legendary... Chelsea Hotel in New York, uh, which is so loaded with uh, history. So...
2: That is the first time that we do a whole issue about another existing business. (laughs) I was (laughs) thinking the other day. Um, And without you know, any, um, how do you say, like funds coming from it. It's not like we are sponsored by the Chelsea Hotel. So mm-hmm. I think that's important to mention. Mm. Uh, there's no sponsoring here. Um, but we did um, an issue about, um, yeah, a functioning hotel. Um, but of course, it's a very special one. Um, we wanted to do an issue about a hotel for a long time. And then... There's been, like, many things about hotels done in fashion, like in campaigns, like brands that made even collections, kind of inspiring in hotels, high street. So it was a bit like, meh. But then when we saw that the Chelsea Hotel was reopening after 15 years, we were like, well, if we're going to do that hotel issue, like, it has to be now. Um, And we felt that it was very refreshing, too to go to the Chelsea Hotel. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, five, ten years ago, it wouldn't be the same. But now it feels just like so kind of like out of what's going on in fashion or with anything. And the actual hotel has been this time capsule, literally recently closed for 15 years. That it was kind of like going to like an attic and open like the door and being like mm-hmm. you know all dusty and full of stories and it felt like it felt exciting and it was it was very exciting to
0: do it. And you actually moved into that, a room in that well, i mentioned several rooms in the hotel and made the magazine there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, we 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 it was a lot of back and forth with the hotel, but finally we they agreed to the project and we. Uh, It was kind of like an experiment for us again as well because it was kind of like a summer camp. We, uh, the core team of the magazine, um, we stayed there for a
0: few weeks. It's a very clever idea to get some time in New York.
1: Yeah, but a very busy time, Yeah, okay, (laughs) very, very busy time. We actually didn't really see anything, I mean, except for like a Saturday that we went out for dinner or something Uh because it was a very packed schedule with people coming over to do things. Everything was shot and, and produced inside the hotel.
2: Um, That was actually like so frustrating, the fact that there was so many things happening uh, and so many like exciting people that we admire and, you know, they were coming there and having like a cocktail and, you know, doing an interview or whatever. But at the same time, we had someone doing makeup in like the suite in the seventh floor and we had like something to an interview in the lobby and, you know, prepping something for the next day. And it was Lydia Lange going like, hi guys, I want to introduce you to this guy and go to have drinks or something. And we were like, sorry, we cannot. We have like to go to like a shoot now or whatever. And, you know, we were saying like, "We all the time we were there, we were like half there because we were all the time like prepping and, you know, like organizing things and shoots and dealing with everything. That I don't think we could, have like the actual experience of like, you know, being in the hotel and just following the spirit of the Chelsea, just doing whatever or getting like wasted in the lobby. That was not the vibe. We were very
0: like... I mean, but that but that is the lot. If, you, if you're if you involved in magazines, that's always the story, isn't it? Everyone thinks that you're kind of leading this glamorous life and you're doing this and doing that, but actually just working hard. Mm. But nonetheless, presumably, even before you got there, you had to do a lot of research into the history of the hotel and who stayed there, who lived there.
1: Yeah, and there is a lot of history and somehow the more you read about the hotel the less real it feels because there's so many myths and legends and crazy stories about it's um like Adrian was saying, it really is a time capsule because this building opened this hotel opened in eighteen eighty four like a residential building and then it turned into a Luxury Hotel at the beginning of the 20th century. It was the tallest building in New York and it's only 11th, 11 floors tall. Uh-huh. So it's like a piece of history. It's like going to see a museum. You go inside and it's like, okay, this is it. This is uh, It's real. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it exists because you've seen it. You've heard so many mm-hmm. things about it um and then it turned into uh into apartments again in the 60s and 70s and it there was a very dilapidated time in the 80s and and 90s when it was very run down and now it's uh, reopened again as a luxury hotel once again so it's kind of like has a history that has gone in cycles many many times over
0: but it still has residents that have been there for a long long time Yeah, right? they have the right to stay there
1: that is the strangest thing because they've managed to to stay so it's kind of like to Different universe coexisting, like the the tourists that comes over to stay, and then people who have lived there for the since mm-hmm. the eighties or nineties, and they still pay really cheap rent. So somehow they manage to to stay there and keep their flats, which is very nice because instead of going like into a whole new place where they wiped out all the history, they've kept some of the history alive inside. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And it, and it comes, I mean. The, the, the term encyclopedia is, is the right word. It's a hardback, cloth-bound book, which it's, it's, it's heavy. It's, it's a hefty thing. It's, it's quite long and tall. Um, and it's, and it's what, how many pages is it? It's about 400 and something. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not 400 relaxed, long story pages. Everything is really, really busy and packed. So, I mean, you produce a lot of stuff you know you describe everything going on at once but but how do you kind of refine that down into something that's coherent do do is there a lot of stuff that gets forgotten about and dropped or
1: yeah, there's things that are edited out. Uh I think it all comes together just before we send to print when we put everything on the floor and we start like drawing mm-hmm. connections uh through the contents and the stories. Um it's that's when it starts to make to make sense. Uh until that point it's just like a bunch of um I mean not just random, but uh very um uh eclectic ideas.
2: Like disconnected between them, you know, we we just like like work on everything individually. Like we're not thinking about oh this is gonna be in this part of the issue and then it's gonna lead to this. No, it's just like do everything totally individually, then we put
0: it together. So when it comes to the point where you've 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 got the pages all laid out on the floor and you're working it out, is that just the two of you?
2: hmm yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So that's so you, you and how many people would have been involved in the whole issue sort of?
2: hundreds.
1: Hundreds, hundreds as contributors, but the magazine team is uh, uh, mostly Tati, our fashion editor, Andy, our features editor, and uh, Marta, who is our fashion production. Um, and then we have other contributing editors, uh, but that's like the 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 core of the magazine.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, so so all of it gets honed down with just the two of you putting it into the final running order and yes making it connect making it gel
1: yeah 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 we uh just it's like the final touches before sending to print that's when everything starts to make sense in terms of like um connecting all the Mm -hmm. structuring the the contents
2: it's literally the moment that we feel that the issue is born because you know before it's like you have like all these things and it's like you know ideas and but even when the things start coming up, you, you start seeing something, but when we put it all together, it's always like, okay, this is the issue. Like, just born.
0: <laughs> one of the things I love about it is that every issue sort of has a very different mood. I mean, we discuss it being different format and different ideas and different different degrees of theming and stuff. But But this one feels quite serious it's quite it's you know it's, it's 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 not playing around as as you mentioned the unfinished issue or the pink issue there's a lot of humor and a lot of wit to it the, there was the um viral meme issue and and that had a lot of there was obviously a lot of fun and laughter going into the kind of playing around with the format whereas this feels a lot more serious yeah, because it's about
1: the Chelsea
0: Hotel. Yeah, so yeah. it has a lot of gravitas, it has a lot of like
1: boom of mm-hmm. weight. There is a lot of baggage uh contained in there. So that's I guess that's why the should so feel feels that way. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Also I think the the hotel like gave the the personality to the to the actual book, you know? Um most of the times Like, I do a lot of, well, a lot of, no, but I I usually do mood boards before we start the issue. And it's very funny that they don't look as much as the mood board. (laughs) Because, you know, I think that's something good. You know, they were quite elastic and not like, it needs to be like this. Have you seen my mood board? You know, it's just like a starting point. And then uh, the whole experience gets somewhere. And here, it was even more... um, noticeable more strong because we just went to the to that place with a lot of uh, appointments and you know people that was gonna do interviews photographers that were gonna go there to shoot but you know we went all there and we were all there whatever was at the same time or not so the space sets the tone like once you are there you shoot what you see you talk about how you feel and I think that's something that was very cohesive, you know, everybody was there. So uh, the issue speaks about the place. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, the way we did it this time was very different because we never make an issue living in one location for a few weeks all together from morning to evening, just like working on this. Because usually you're in Paris, I'm in London, others are in Madrid. So it's kind of like more uh, from a distance. But this time mm-hmm. it was like very, uh, very tight and very present. Did you, and did you enjoy that? The the process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun, but also stressful. But also it was kind of like really uh, star-strucking sometimes to mm-hmm. be there and to... And, um, yeah, just to be in that space and and actually being more involved in the, in the production because sometimes we organize a, an interview or whatever and we're not even there. We not we don't meet the artist uh, or the person we're interviewing, mm-hmm. but in, in this case, we did some of the, of the interviews ourselves and there was a much more... Um, it was much more intimate, much more involvement.
2: Also, the other day when I got the issue for the first time, which was on Monday, I was looking at it and I was you know, with my boyfriend that was also there and contributed to the issue. Where, you know, we were, like, opening and looking at it. And so looking at it, we, were, we had, like, like, such a smile, you know, looking at all the things and the, the process and when we were there. And I was thinking, this is, like, so cool that, you know, you we, we get to have, like, this experience. And then we have, like, all these like, uh, kind of, you know, personal album in a way, even though we're not in the pages. But, you know, you, you've been part of the whole thing. And you kind of keep it forever, so it's kind of like the best album of a trip that you can have. <laughs> I don't
0: know. That was very cute. I remember way back when uh, having a conversation with you, and I was saying, um, I was, I was sort of saying, but yeah, but you're going to run out of ideas for format soon. And you said, No, 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 we've got plenty. <laughs> I <Everything>. remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and 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 it's, I mean, that must that was probably about ten issues ago, and you have certainly kept them coming. Um, are there, are, have you still got plenty of ideas up your sleeve?
1: Yeah, you, there's always things uh, to play with. I don't think it's... Um, we're going to run out of things to, to, to talk about or to show. Or Yeah, there's always new mm-hmm. things, new challenges. But we
0: shouldn't be holding our breath for a Metaverse version.
1: Uh, we did a viral issue during uh, that came out uh, that we produced during... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, The biggest lockdown, I think. Uh, That was kind of our metaverse issue. (laughs) The nearest, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But you've also been doing little um, digital zines, teasers before the issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. uh, Tell us about those. That's something we
1: started uh, when uh, in spring 2020, when we were uh, at the beginning of um, the pandemic, and we decided to release a teaser version uh, online of the magazine with a selection,
2: a small selection of contents of what the issue would be. It was when when it was difficult to distribute, so you know. Um, our distributor was not working so people was not gonna get the copies and obviously we wanted the people to to be able to to see the magazine so we did this edit uh, that people could access for free and see it and then the actual idea we thought that it was very interesting um, to keep because there's also like many people whether you know uh, whatever is the circumstances, they don't ha- have access to get the magazine, they cannot afford it, or, you know, many different things. Uh, that we thought it was still cool to, to do it and have, you know, it's it's such a different experience from having the print, and also it's like a way shorter version. But still you get like a vibe or, you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like giving like, a hint, a teaser of it, uh, and yeah, we like to to keep doing it every issue.
0: The Hotel Chelsea issue is just here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess are you are you already start on the next. Yeah, print just issue?
1: just starting to um, to put together the next one. Yeah,
0: can you tell us anything about it, or is that is that absolutely not? <laughs> <Of course. Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even try very hard. I knew what the answer would be. <laughs> Well, brilliant. Well, listen, thank you both for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Um, more power to you. It's, it's a favourite and it's, um, I'm excited to see what you do next. Thank you, Jeremy. It's been fun.
2: Thank you so much, Jeremy. Every stupid scene, please cut it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> After break, we hear from Louise Long from the impressive new magazine, Lindsey Journal. London Printers Park Communications play a key part in the independent publishing scene, helping ambitious magazine makers turn their dreams into reality. Wonderland, Port and Mother Tongue are just three current titles in our shop that give a sense of what Park can achieve. Three very different magazines, all beautifully produced. As well as their creative standards, Park is also fully committed to helping you produce your magazine in the most environmentally friendly and sustainable manner check their website for details. Search Park Communications. Just like mag Culture, Park love magazines and we're proud to have them sponsor the mag Culture podcast. On to our next guest. Earlier in this episode, David and I were talking about some new magazines that had uh, struck us as interesting. That was uh, Epoch and Safe Light Paper, another magazine that has arrived recently and with its first issue and is um, well worth investigating is uh, Linseed Journal. And I'm very pleased to say that Louise Long, the founder of that, joins me next. Louise, thanks for joining us.
3: Hi Jeremy, thanks so much for the invitation.
0: Um, And congratulations on the first issue of the magazine. Um, As far as I know, you've not made a magazine before, so what led you to make one now?
3: That's a good question. Um, I think it was probably something that I was thinking about for a while, my background is not in the making of magazines, but as a photographer and a writer. So I've contributed to and admired lots of magazines from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it sort of came about during the pandemic, really, I had more time to um, bring all of my ideas together. And um, it sort of spiralled from being something that I thought I might just whittle away on, on my own to being... Much more collaborative project, um, working very closely with my designer and um, Phoebe on the editorial side, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, progress from there. Uh,
0: and who was the designer?
3: Uh, Emily Louisler. Lu- were
0: mm-hmm. those collaborators? Are they in London?
3: Emily is in London, um, also in Hackney, and Phoebe at the moment is based in Italy, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew each other previously, um, and somehow were able to mm-hmm. <laughs> work remotely these days. Uh-huh.
0: Having decided to go ahead and make, and make the magazine and finding your collaborators, um, I mean, I mean, it, 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 I think there's sometimes a danger that it sounds terribly easy. It all just falls into place. It just happened. But you hadn't made a magazine before, so how do you how do you do it? How do you go about sort of thinking? Right, I've got to make a magazine. Do, did you call on friends who did work in publishing or
3: initially? Um... I spent a lot of time thinking about it, probably too long, in terms of the concept and the sort of breadth of ideas and um, physically what it wanted to be, because I, I really wanted it to be an opportunity to work in print um, as a sort of lover of the printed object. Um, I think we, it really sort of took shape once I initiated the open call, so I um, put out a call for contributors mm-hmm. and actually was really flattered by the number of responses I had. And then I sort of balanced that with um, inviting and asking um, people that I really was really hoping to work with. So
0: perhaps people who didn't even know, but just specialists exactly. who suited the job in hand. Yeah, yeah, so it was
3: really a balance of com- um, commissioning people particularly to um, you know, pair up with written pieces that we already had. So illustrators who might mm-hmm. work well with um, some writing um and then also just reaching out completely cold to people who i just admired and um wanted to have involved and um yeah it, it sort of quickly became about um you know a collaborative project um and allowing space for different types of material to live together um and yeah and then the design um the whole design piece was a kind of another stage mm-hmm. which um you know really began to take shape once i started working with emily which was a little a little bit later on in the in the um process actually Um, But we really wanted it um, to kind of to give it time, both to allow contributors to have time to work on whatever they were um, sharing with us and also for the design to evolve. Um, And so it was quite a long process. It was almost two years in the making. Wow. Um, But sort of, you know, different (laughs) different rhythms. Um, And then the final stage of working with our printers, looking at paper stocks, all of that. I mean, I, I wanted it to be something that I enjoyed. Um, so, you know, there were times it felt more pressured, but actually, you know, I hoped everyone involved felt like it was a nice mm-hmm. project to be part of, and I just wanted to do justice to everyone's contributions, really.
0: Uh, that whole process you just described makes absolute sense when you look at the, the finished thing, because it does feel sort of timeless and it has lots of sort of visual references to, to atlases and other printed objects mm. and things. Um, was did Did that come from you or from Emily or both of you?
3: It was a bit of both. I think um, I mean it is uh, sort of a combination of things that I've been gathering and um, bringing together for you know forever really. Um, and I love maps and atlases and archives and um, that was probably a lot of my impetus, but then it was very much crafted with Emily. Um, we came up with this um, four chapter design structure, um which was something I sort of knew that I wanted to to allow to sort of live um within a single printed volume. Um and and that and that was sort of quite a complex process of thinking about how each of these chapters um might sort of house their own world um within the single volume um, and giving different space for different paper stocks but mm-hmm. also um, types of content and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. design languages.
0: Which brings us to the content nicely, because that's the key to it all of course, so Linseed Journal, this is the first issue, it's about the apple, tell us more.
3: Yeah, so Linseed, um, well the title really um, is inspired by, you know, the concept is inspired by Linseed itself which um, you may or may not know, is it's a hugely versatile crop, you um, happens to be a very beautiful flowering crop actually, um, which is a nutritious food stuff and affordable for animals. Um mm. but it's also the raw material for um all sorts of arts and crafts and objects of everyday life. So um it's used for oil painting and carpentry, um but it's the natural fibre for linen, um which is, you know, one of the oldest worn textiles in the world, used by um book binders and rope makers so that's a sort of huge the heart. diverse yeah style. exactly yeah, yeah. so that's the heart of um the publication really is this organic material that connects lots of forms of human culture so each print volume takes again a single theme from the natural world that spans um lots of different forms of creativity um so the apple was our first theme and we've taken that quite abstractly. So it's a sort of oblique filter on lots of different ideas um, from food, obviously, but also craft. Um, and uh, really the idea is to unite lots of different contributors from around the world, but each who are placed to talk quite specifically about a their own environment or a particular place. Um, so it's really this sort of local perspective on with an international <laughs> purview yeah. uh,
0: and is i mean I mean that's a good overview so is there one item in, or part of the magazine that would be the kind of defining moment or something that you would put forward as that this is the the heart of the thing
3: yeah so that's a really difficult question because like I said, we've got these four chapters, and each um kind of gives space to um quite different um Contributions. Um, I think one of my favourite um, pieces to work on was this three-part um, visual project for, uh, with uh, work by three contemporary artists: um, Anne, Anna, and Romana.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and they're each given space in a different chapter. They each have these sort of unconscious um, resonances with their work. Um, but it's kind of interesting for me to see how those live um, with different dialogues in in different chapters of the magazine. Um, And then we've got more, um, um, I guess, traditional sort of feature writing, personal essay. There's a beautiful um, adapted extract by a writer called Nancy Campbell, um, who's written about living in a caravan uh, next to the Oxford Canal, um, and I commissioned some illustration from another Oxfordshire mm-hmm. um, artist, Johanna, and um, yeah, that's really about sort of cultivation and, and healing, and um, but Nancy's writing brings in lots of different ideas, um, sort of through history. So I think that sort of sums up as well mm-hmm. the approach to the magazine. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it does. It's it
0: sort of gives a hint at the, the the visual mixture I mean there there is there's fine art you know modern art uh, hmm. but presented as it is but there's also some lovely illustration that accompanies editorial pieces as well as these references to maps and, and um, sort of longhand note taking sort of notebooks and things
3: yeah yeah I really wanted it to be able to house very different forms of content so like you say there's everything from poetry to art writing food writing um, we've got sort of Um, more reported um, journalism, a writer from Kenya who's written about um, agroforestry on the Kenyan coastline Um, and like you say also archival um, and more historical imagery and that was something that I really wanted to to, um, set side by side um, with contemporary artwork Um, and sort of not try and create too much of a distinction between the old and the new, but seeing these ideas of heritage and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I love language, so there's, there's quite a few references to sort of etymology mm-hmm. and, um, you know, craft heritage alongside contemporary um, culture. Um, so sort of trying to find these through lines, really. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, as you say, you, you spent two years putting this issue together and that begs the question, is it going to be two years until issue two or are you going to to speed on with no
3: hopefully not we're, we're, we're um, aiming to have another one out next year mm-hmm. um, so yeah we're soon to launch the theme for volume two mm-hmm. um,
0: you have the theme lined up
3: uh, yes yeah, yeah. and um, yeah no I, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to being able to um, again work with a whole new group of people hopefully maybe some that we've worked with before but it was really about kind of trying to bring together a community and mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, opportunity to to talk to different
0: people and when you say launch that you, you mean you've launched the open submission yes yeah,
3: exactly okay. yeah, yeah yeah so we'll open up for mm-hmm. um contributions
0: again. so where should people look out for that
3: um so look out on our website um we'll be sending news of that for our newsletter as mm-hmm. well um and instagram
0: lovely well thank you for coming in and telling us about your magazine no
3: thank you it was a pleasure
0: so that's it for this episode of the podcast Thank you for listening. Thank you to all our guests, Adrian, David from uh, Buffalo Zine and Louise from Linseed uh, and to Part for sponsoring and listen out for the next episode soon.